Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. This anger and rage that I was holding in my body, it's a part of me. It's very real. I am a rageful woman, but I don't want to act out my rage in any kind of destructive way. So I created this process to release it, move through it get to what's under it. And really the the gem is what is it that I really want? And what am I going to do for myself to have what it is that I want that I'm calling in? Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gavis. And each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears and let's get into this. Come on. Good people, welcome to another episode of the Truth Prescription Podcast. Today's episode is the truth about your anger. I interview Vanessa Alfaro, the empowered communicator. She's an anger and rage coach. Topics we delved into. Number one, we talked about generational rage, uh, what it was and how to combat it. Number two, we discussed her anger algorithm, which is sort of what she uses to help her clients heal uh, anger. Number three, this is one of my favorites, how to not care what other people think and not like a narcissist would, but more so from a place of where you really feel solid inside. And number four, being a loving partner in a relationship Or how do you be a loving partner in a relationship, even when you may have some pent up anger and rage? So we delved into all those topics and more. I know you're going to enjoy this episode, whether or not you consider yourself someone who's quote unquote angry or not. There's a lot of applicable techniques here in the interview. Close your eyes and open your ears, folks. Let's do it. Good people, welcome back to another episode of the Truth Prescription Podcast. You know me. Dr. Sekou Gathers, and today I am interviewing Mrs. Vanessa Alfaro, the Empowered Communicator. Hey, Vanessa. Hi. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm really happy and excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You and I have sort of developed a relationship over time and uh, felt that it was uh, only the right next best step to uh, have you come on and share some of the things that we've talked about in our personal conversations with the, with the tribe, with the crew and the truth prescription. So folks, Vanessa is a anger and communication coach. So she helps people to, we'll say unearth things that are hidden and to help them set themselves free. And you know, at the end of each show, I say that the truth will set you free if you let it. So this will be another way to allow yourself or to help gauge how you can actually set yourself free so you can live the the life that you want to live. 
So as we always do, uh, Vanessa, we're going to start with a truth, which is your truth. Here on A Truth Prescription, we delve into the truth about the truth. And in your particular case, it will be really interesting to hear about a, a story or situation in your life where either there was something you were ignoring or something you just simply weren't aware of that was a truth that once you accepted it, a breakthrough happened. So tell us about that. So I, I've been on a spiritual healing journey my entire life, really. You know, I've been through therapy, meditation, workshops, always trying to improve and heal and grow. And I reached a point, I'd say in my, I'd say about mid-30s, late 30s, mid-30s, where I was just feeling this, this heaviness in my body. Even though I had done so much work, I felt complete in a lot of ways from my past, but there was just this weight. And I felt myself holding back in my life. It was in, in my belly, literally, I was like, I am holding back. Mm. There's this heaviness. I feel exhausted still. I used to have really suffer from severe depression and as a child and into my young adult life. But that had relieved over time, but there was just this exhaustion. I was like, what is going on? What am I holding back here? And I realized that I have a history of rage. Mm. And I grew up in an extremely violent, hostile environment. I was surrounded by rageful adults. And I did not want to act that way. So I worked really hard in my life to not act out my rage. Mm -hmm. However, growing up, because of the violence, I had to fight back. I wanted to fight back, but that's not how I wanted to show up in the world. I just didn't want to be this fighter. <laughs> and then, you know, in my early 20s, I, I just delved into a lot of self-destructive behavior because I didn't have any outlet for my rage. And inevitably, I would have a destructive, rageful outburst. And it was extremely painful. It was painful for me and the people around me. So I did a lot of controlling, a lot of suppressing, a lot of like stuffing. I'm not going to get angry. I mean, you know, like all of these things, breathing, meditation, sitting. And I, but I realized what was holding me back was I was not expressing myself. I was not giving myself permission to be angry, to really be angry, to really have a, an outlet and, and a place to express anger and rage in a healthy way because, because I knew that the controlling and the managing and the suppressing was exhausting me. Mm. And it was really coming at a cost to my health and well-being. I mean, I, I, I ended up with an autoimmune disease and all sorts of stuff and health problems. So I thought there has to be a solution to this. There has to be a way. There has to be a creative, healthy, conscious way to express anger and rage. There must be. I'm asking the question. It must exist. Mm -hmm. So I started to research and, and then I developed this algorithm, the anger algorithm, and it's rooted in nonviolent communication. And I thought, yes, finally. I have permission. I had, and I gave myself permission to start really expressing this anger and rage that it was holding in my body. It's a part of me. It's very real. 
I am a rageful woman, but I don't want to act out my rage in any kind of destructive way. So I created this process to release it, move through it, get to what's under it. And really the, the gem is what is it that I really want? And what am I going to do for myself to have what it is that I want that I'm calling in? So it was that moment of I'm holding back in some way. What am I holding back here? Very nuanced. Yeah, no, definitely. And I like how you talked about all the work that you had done previous, right? Which are all beautiful and laudable things, which almost kind of help you get to the point where you can take that next step and do the deeper work. But just for the listeners, just to clarify, the truth was that you were not expressing yourself or giving yourself permission to express. And you realized the outcome of that was you not answering the question, what do I really need or what do I really want? Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I was not showing up in the world as my authentic self. And part of my authenticity is owning this generational rage that I inherited, that I needed to release and, and to really tap into my desire for what I want. And, and a lot of us don't give ourselves permission to want. I see you got, right? a, little, like, I see you got a little emotional there when, when, you, when you touch <laughs> that, that what do I really want? You got, it went, it went a little I, deep. Right? <laughs> yeah, you I felt it. That, I felt it over here. <laughs> that desire, that what, what do we really want? For many of us, we were told a long time ago, you don't need that. Hmm. You don't need that. You have enough. Be grateful for what you have. A lot of us have experienced that, particularly generationally, depending on your generation. I definitely grew up with it. So I thought, oh, I can't want. I can't want more. I can't need more. I can't have more. That's the programming that I told myself. And it's like, no, 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 no. There's, we, we all have a right to want. Let's talk a little, you mentioned it earlier and it's, it's perfect. Let's talk a little bit about generational rage and then um, you can go into the, the anger algorithm, which you mentioned, which you, you created as a, I'll call it a results mechanism, uh, you know, in coaching speak, but something that you created to help yourself and then ultimately help the clients that you work with deal with, accept, and then process the pain, the trauma. Yes. Mm-hmm. Generational repressed rage. I'm, I'm really interested in, in this. Yes. So I am third generation Mexican-American. I was born here. My my parents were born here. My grandparents were born here. But shortly after the Great Depression, there was a repatriation act. So all Mexicans, whether you were United States citizens or not, were forced back to Mexico. And so my grandparents, when they were children, had to go back to Mexico. So on top of that, you had to leave your home, (laughs) even though this is your home, (laughs) you were born here, you're forced to leave. And then on both sides of my family's Mexican culture, it's tough. It's not a joke. In relationships, there's a lot of violence. Historically, there's a lot of violence between the man and the woman. And so there's just this, this, rage and anger and violence and a tendency to be that way that's that has been passed on generationally in my generation at least in my 
in my family, not only that, there was so much deprivation, scarcity, and oppression. And when, when there's just this constant fight, constant struggle to just survive and get by in the world and be stressed out and, and not talking and not receiving help, like there's just a buildup of this rage that happens. Yeah, it's yeah. layers like and layers. layer cake of pain. Yeah. And so by the time I came around, you know, I was raised by my, my grandmother, my mom's mother. And gratefully, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, California. My grandmother had a home. Grateful for that. And there were a lot of family members living in this small house. There was a lot of addiction. It just was tumultuous like it was so intense and I just felt it on this you know I felt it as a child and it was a force bigger than me yes much bigger than me but I was blessed with this sort of armor and knowing that there was more to life and as I worked through and had my own healing, I looked a lot at the women in my life and their behaviors and really traced back all the way to my great grandmother, did some research like, oh, these women had to fucking fight. They had to fight to survive. Hmm. And that's just how it was. So my healing reverberates out to the generational healing that's needed in my family. Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like, you know, as a, as, a, as a small child, you come into a situation like that and it's literally 100, 200 years worth of behaviors, negative behaviors that are now cast upon you. And you, you said it so beautifully. Those energies or those, those feelings were bigger than you. And so what do you do when you feel, when you don't feel empowered, you kind of tighten up and just protect yourself, right? Don't feel, you don't, you don't feel anything. It's almost, it's almost like, uh, they say, you know, drinking, drinking out of a fire hose, right? It's just too much coming at you too fast. You just remove yourself. And I think people that listen to my show know I've had similar, some similar traumatic events that had led to that type of behavior. Me as a young person and young adult, it's tough. It's tough. And I also think that we didn't get to this yet, but we'll probably will. There's a, there's a beauty that comes with your journey and your story because clearly not going through those things would not have produced the beautiful person that you are and the beautiful work that you do because the world needs healers. Right. And that's, that's a fact because we was, there's a lot, a lot of folks walking around that are, that are not well. And um, it's almost like the more, the more we can heal people on the planet, the better, the better off the planet is. And we live here. So, you know, we have a vested interest in trying to make this planet a better place. So what do you think about if you're in a, in a, let's say a romantic relationship, you're in a romantic relationship with somebody you care about, but you also have a lot of the feelings that we've been talking about stirring beneath the surface. What advice would you give to that, to that individual about how they can sort of manage both? How to manage the, the rage that they're feeling in relationship to their partner? Yeah. Well, it's, they say hurt people hurt people. So it's not really their partner. It's really them and what they have inside of them. 
and then the partner is there. And so he could say banana split and, you know, trigger, <laughs> trigger uh, some rage. So it, it's really about in the person's heart of hearts, him or her really, really has love for this other individual, but it's the rage and the anger that's sort of blocking that expression, right? Going back to your original thing, which was what do, what do I really want? What advice would you give or how would you, if it was a client, how would you sort of guide them in the initial stages of, you know, how they could work with their rage and anger and also be in that loving relationship? That's such a good question because our partners tend to trigger us the most, right? Yes. Because, because it, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> partners and children. Yes. Right. It's that intimate, close relationship that family dynamic that you have, like we transfer all of our old family dynamic onto our new family. It just happens. It, it, so you, you need absolute awareness. Like, wait a minute. Am I seeing my beloved or am I seeing my mother and my father? So, so you have to be really clear. Like, wait, am I seeing the person who I love, this, this beautiful soul? Or am I yelling at mom or dad or caretaker, whoever raised you? So when you're doing this work with me, so much of it is about communication. So when I'm, when I'm working with people who are in relationships, it's, you know, let your partner know, listen, I am working on anger and rage. Mm-hmm. I have this tool to help this anger algorithm. So that it's like, you have to know your triggers. You have to bring awareness to that moment and pause. And sometimes you might not even know you're angry because your mind is like, I'm not going to make a big deal out of this. I'm just going to ignore it. I'm not going to bring it up. Like you might go into spinning in that way. So you have to start paying attention to your body. So if you're breathing heavy and stomping around, it's like, oh no, wait a minute. I'm angry right now. I need to go work through the algorithm. But it's, it's about communicating with your partner. I am working on this. When I say I'm angry, I need space. Please respect that. And I'm going to go take care of myself and handle this. And I'm going to come back and we're going to talk. <laughs> right, right. No, that's important. The awareness piece is super important. And then obviously the, the transparency. I think when, when I hear the word awareness, it makes me think a lot about um, the power of meditation you know, the practice of meditation because, or mindfulness, because you'll be surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you notice in your own work, but people really are not aware of what's going on with them, you know? So sometimes just a simple practice of two or three minutes in the morning of doing some, some body awareness things will translate to when you're in those type of situations, being able to say, hold up, wait, wait a minute. All right. <laughs> I see what's happening here. <laughs> and then communicate in the way that, that you, that you describe. It's super important. You know, it's funny. I often tell, similar to what you said, I often tell clients, because my, my work on mindset, I do get a, a little bit into anger and rage, but obviously not as deeply as you do. But I always ask, you know, where is this similar? Or, or who, who else, in, who in your past or in your family did this happen with? Or does this remind you of? To also, you know, sort of help bring that, that awareness to, oh, yeah, this is like, oh, my dad used to do this all the time to me. And that's why, you know, I reacted in that way. So yeah, it's really important. And we, I said a little bit of it in t- talking about meditation, but when you first start working with somebody and they're starting to prepare to deal with some of this anger and rage that has been 
suppressed and hidden for so long, right? Sort of in that preparation stage. Because this stuff is uncomfortable and it's difficult. What are some of the things you, you, you tell people to do sort of in the beginning, almost uh, to preempt them or to prepare them, right? Like before you run a race, people, so marathon, sometimes people carb load, right? They, 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 get, they get their body prepared to go on that long journey. Is there something along those lines that you tell people or recommend to people as they begin this process of dealing with the uncomfortable? Yes. So I, I start with talking about the, you know, anger as this powerful energy mm. and, and what happens to our bodies when we don't release it. I mean, really, it's our emotions, our energy. And if we're not expressing those emotions, that energy gets stuck, blocked and stagnant in your body, causing all sorts of disease and dysfunction. And so I talk a lot about anger as this powerful energy and the importance of moving it. I share my story, which is really helpful. Meditation is integral to my work because my clients have to start developing that awareness. But I really, I, I, I support my clients in sharing my story. Mm. I model for them. I go through an example. We talk about creating this compassion and, and spaciousness to just be with this part in you that you might have shame around, you might be afraid of. So I, I share a lot of me with them. It's you know kind of like a parent and a child where you're just modeling to support them and letting them know it is okay. Yeah. It is okay to do this. And you are where you are. When I really express myself, like I can go there. It's quite wild. <laughs> but for some, like they're like, whoa, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm not ready. To oh, wait a minute. Do you actually model for them what it looks like to release? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, wow. I have to. Wow. Have to. That must be pretty, uh, pretty powerful. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Is. Okay. Yeah. You want to model that right now? No, no, that's not, that's not doing that. That's not doing that. They're not ready. They're not ready. Are you sure? <laughs> like, are you ready? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Um, so let's go into it a little bit. Is it a vocal expression? So the my algorithm that I developed it has eight steps. Okay, let's let's talk about and, it. And part of changing the neurological mechanics that are causing anger, like. Everything, you know, starting at a cellular level is that you have to write, writing. So you write every step. And then once you write everything, and there's a venting step. Mm. Once you write everything, then you go somewhere and you read it out loud. When you work through the algorithm, it's done in a private, quiet space. You do it alone. You okay. don't do it with your partner. You don't do it with the person you're mad with. No, yep. no, no. Yep. It's for you. And I tell my clients how to prepare themselves for that because they might, because doing something like this alone is like, no, call me in, Correct. call in my energy, whatever guides are here for you, whatever support you need, but you do this alone. So you write through the steps okay. because that's really important, that writing, that getting it out. And then you go somewhere and you read the steps out loud. Any difference between writing with your hand and typing on a computer? Absolutely. Energetically, Absolutely. it is? Okay, tell me. Absolutely. You think the writing with your hand is 
is more therapeutic. Absolutely. Because okay. there's, there's something about the screen that could be really distracting. And there's something about actually picking up a pen, pencil, and allowing just that your thoughts to just flow. You're moving that energy, I think, I believe, in a different way versus like, because if you're typing on a screen, you might have a notification. No, no, no. You don't want to be distracted during this process. So tell us about the algorithm. What are the steps? So when you identify the trigger, okay. you vent. After you're done venting and you're, you're checking in with your body throughout this process, when you, you identify the trigger, you really want to know, like, where do I feel anger in my body? Is it in my heart? Is it in my belly? Is it in my neck? Is it in my throat? Where? So you're, you identify, you're very specific what triggered you. And then you give yourself permission to vent and you let loose. We get angry because of our judgments. Because someone might do something and it, may, it, it might not even phase you, but I'm like triggered because I had judgments about that. It's our ego that is like firing us up from the past and our subconscious, right? All those old beliefs, those stories. So you have to just let all of that out. Let it out. Be childish, be petty, you know, just let it out. <laughs> just just all out. Just <laughs> That's right. I, I tell, um, I do something similar, but not, not this it seems like expressive you, but with writing with my client, I tell them be as, as, as hood and unruly as you, as you want to be like, don't, don't hold back. Use all the curse words you want to use, call the person, whatever you want to call them, but let it all out. It's, it's really, okay. really important. We're too, we're too nice. It's a time to be nice, but this is not the time to be nice. <laughs> and that can be really, really hard for folks. Yes. Yes. Like I'm going to call my partner a, you know, right. <laughs> what? Right. I'm going to call my mom and dad, you know, like, what? Huh? Yeah, it's difficult. I've experienced it myself. Yeah, my own process is hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, we got to identify the trigger, vent. Where in the body is it? Well, the, you're checking in with your body throughout the process. And then it's like, after you're done venting, what are all the feelings that have emerged? Because it's not just anger, there are all sorts of other feelings and how, and checking in with your body. And then what is it? What is it that you need? What unmet needs do you have here? So you're checking in with all of your unmet needs. And again, this is rooted in nonviolent communication. Once you've identified your needs, how's your body feeling? I've really, I have people reflect on those needs and it, it's emotional. Mm. Once you look at what is it that you really need here? I need connection. I need peace. I need affection. I need transcendence. I need communication. I need safety. I need power. I need so all of these needs. And then you go back, check in with your feelings again, because once you get to that releasing of the venting and you're clear on the needs that you have, then when you check in into your feelings again, it's often much more vulnerable. Mm. Okay. I'm sad. Right. I'm hurt. I'm exhausted. And then you get clear on, okay, so, okay, great. I know what my needs are. 
But what is it that I want, which is very action oriented? What do I want to do here to get my needs met? And it's not just from the other person. There's a lot of self, there's a lot of self-responsibility here. Yes. Right. I'm going to be empowered. Like this person may not be able to meet my needs, but what am I going to do? And really change that and come out of the victim place. What am I going to do to meet my needs? And then you have requests of yourself. And of the other person, okay, this is what I want. And this is the request that I have of myself. I might need to set some boundaries. I might need to like create more space in my day. And then in the eighth step, you step into the other person's shoes if you are in a place to do so. And you imagine and try to guess if this is empathy piece here, what they might be needing and feeling. You know, maybe they said something that was hurtful. Well, you know, what was that about? Or maybe they did or didn't do something. Well, what was that about? But I leave this, eight, the eight step optional at the beginning because sure. yeah. many times we're just like, we've done so much of that already that if we make ourselves do it again, we're just going to keep building our resentment. Yeah. You know, focusing on the, uh, on the other is a, is a nice uh, distraction technique from, really tuning into what's going on with, with you. I find, you know, I find that's a common theme with folks. So it's a process. It's a, you know, moves you through the entire expression and experience of anger and rage. Like No, it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. It's a great tool. And I'll, I'll recount it in the, uh, in the session notes. There's two things I want to ask you about. You give me a brief answer. I, I, I like this, this phrase. I think I saw it on your Instagram. If you don't see your shadow, you're not standing in the light. Tell the people what that means to you. <laughs> if you don't see your shadow, you're not. I love that, right? There are these parts in us, like this part in me. I am a rageful woman. It feels very shadowy and dark. But this darkness like, helps us when we enter it, right? In that darkness is, is the pain, yeah. is the wounding is the hurt that we don't want to see, that we don't want to look at. But if we can face it, we can go towards it and allow ourselves to feel that, to be with it, to experience the pain that we couldn't experience as a child. Yes. Because it would, some of that pain would have killed us as children. Like that is just too much to experience. But if as adults, as adults, in our higher selves, if we can go into those places and really heal it, that's going to free us up, creating more spaciousness, love and light within. So the deeper we go into the dark, the higher we will go into the light. Another way to say it that just came to me was, if your eyes are closed, you're probably sleeping. And, <laughs> you know, so, and, you know, unfortunately, you can sleep for 60 years. You'll keep getting all of these messages. You know how like, we get text messages. You, you get all these messages from your body and from the world around you. Like, wake up, wake up, wake up, open your eyes, wake up. You start to see, see your shadow. And that'll be through sicknesses. That'll be through illness. That'll be through uh, physical symptoms you can't explain. The doctors can't explain it. You, you have a left arm that's, that's been numb for 20 years. You've done all the tests. Everybody tells you you're fine. And it's those things, it's those, those things that are, that are, that are tugging at us to awaken, 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 awaken. Anyway, I, I like, I saw that. I said, I, I love this. I'm going to ask her about this. 
One last concept, and then we'll jump into our uh, our replacement for yes or BS today. Caring about what other people think. I find this is a big one for folks that maybe don't even wouldn't even consider themselves to have an anger problem. How do you approach that with, with your clients? So they care about what people think about them? Yeah, that's a big one, like a very disempowering big one, but it's a big one that I see in my clients. I've seen it in myself, you know, in, as I was younger, something I continuously work on, but gotten gotten way better at. Because, you know, you can not care about whatever the people think from a narcissistic standpoint where you're just totally disconnected emotionally and, and like, you know, whatever. Like there's that version, which is not, I don't think the healthiest version. But then there's there's the version where you genuinely are comfortable and empowered in your own self. And so it's it's easier for you, not that you, you know, not that you don't totally care, but it's much easier for you to move forward uh, with Gracie's joy and flow into whatever you need to do, regardless of whatever the outside opinions are. So that that caring about what people think comes from a long time ago. Yes. Right? So we modified our behaviors. We created programming to please the big people around us because we cared so much about what they thought about us so that we would get love from them. So this comes up with the venting piece that we talked about earlier. What do you mean I'm going to call my partner? Bitch, what? I can't do like. (laughs) And so it's all tapped into like, I care so much about what this person thinks about me that I can't even express myself. I'm worried that if this person knew what I'm saying about them, how I'm cussing them out in the venting, what is that? They're going to stop loving me. And so part of the work that I do is like, no, no, no. In fact, this isn't even about the other person. This is for you. This releasing and this venting is for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you so that you don't act out in some dysfunctional, destructive way, either towards yourself or to your beloved or whoever the person is. So as you start to release, learn how to communicate, as your triggers diminish, dissolve, soften, then when you do something and show up in your full authentic expression and somebody's triggered by you, you know what that's about. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't have to worry about what you think about me. Mm-hmm. I, I know I, you're triggered in some way, but I'm, I'm solid here solid. Yes, because I'm doing my work. <laughs> Great point. Okay. Let's jump into, this is going to be the first time it's a premiere on the truth prescription. <laughs> We're going to do a, a section called one word deep dive. And so I'm going to say a word, and then you're going to tell me the first few sentences that come to your mind about it. Okay? Okay. Number one, trust. Ooh, trust begins with self. And and I love this, Ayanla Van Zandt, but trust begins with self. Mm. Do I trust myself? Do I trust others? Do I trust life? Do I trust God, source, universe, whatever word you use? Yes. Okay. Number two, forgiveness. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) It's like all goes back, like, 
I always have this like finger towards me. Like, can I forgive myself? Yeah. Can I truly, truly forgive those on a cellular level and feel it in my body, in my bones and everything? Number three, light. So much expansiveness and, and joy and abundance in the light and in the dark. Number five, meditation. <clears throat> meditation is that it's free. <laughs> it's simple. And it's a must in your everyday experience. It, it, two to five minutes start. Beautiful. And the last one, number six, anger. Anger. Uh, gateway to your wounding. It is the modality for transformational healing. Yeah. One of the things I like that you talk about that I, we didn't necessarily get into here, but you just mentioned it just now is how the anger and the rage are really signposts. They're really a compass that is really directing you toward healing, right? We often have a negative connotation toward it. And so I think it's a beautiful way to look at it. I resonate with that, uh, with, with, with that way a lot, you know, that, that way of looking at it. I resonate with that a lot. So, okay. Vanessa Alfaro, we did it. And you, and you didn't even get mad at me. I mean, what's going on? This is just beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it was no rage. No. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, thank you for coming and sharing your insights. Um, Vanessa, tell the people how they can connect with you if you know, they want to work with you or just see more about what you're doing. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored and so excited to to be in this process with you today and this yes. morning. And yes. Um, people can find me online. Vanessa Alfaro, The Empowered Communicator. I'm based in San Francisco. My email is info at vanessaalfaro.co. And, you know, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I, I'm out there, so Google me. <laughs> and you can also call me directly, 415-527-5474. I have um, a 10-week program that I offer. It's my private 10-week program, but I also do workshops, and I have one coming up this Sunday through the San Francisco Zen Center. It's called The Transformative Purpose of Anger, and it's from 10 to 2, and I'll be facilitating my algorithm and sharing that with folks, and if people want to come and join me, I'd love to have you all. I'd love to have you there. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Invitation. <laughs> Invitation.net. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Vanessa, thank you so much, and we will continue this conversation because it's an important conversation to be had. I will sign off as I always say, the truth will set you free if you let it.